It's time for OWC Radio, Tech Talk with Creatives, Conversations with host Serena Catania. In our continuing coverage of the need for remote collaboration, I'm speaking today with Isaac T., the U.S. workflow architect for PostLab by Hedge. Hedge is a widely used platform that allows Final Cut Pro editors to work together remotely from anywhere in the world. And Isaac is a post-production veteran with over 20 years experience. In the recent past, he was the principal contributor to Frame.io's workflow guide and a featured speaker at the 2020 FCPX Global Virtual Summit. Thanks to our sponsors, Otherworld Computing, we have the opportunity to speak with Isaac here on OWC Radio. Stay tuned. You have the questions. We have the answers. Hi, Isaac. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing all right. How are you doing, Serena? I'm good, too. Hanging in there with little sleep and in the lockdown and drinking a lot of coffee. But I'm really excited to talk to you. No, thanks for having me. I was kind of circling around you during the Creative Summit, and I wanted to really pay attention and listen in and watch your presentations because I'm really excited about what PostLab does. But before we get started with all of that, let's tell people just a little bit about you. Where do you come from and how did you get started with all of this? Okay. Well, hey, my name is Isaac T. I'm currently the U.S. Workflow Architect for PostLab by Hedge. And before that, I was IT director, uh, multimedia developer, just ended up kind of stumbling into post-production uh, with an agency in, in the Midwest. And then after about 15 plus years, I went out on my own and under IsaacT.co, same website, and doing the same thing, content marketing and workflow architecture. So all of that caught the eye of good people at Hedge. And we worked together a bit starting in March of 2020. And we all know how that's gone and how much of a fit that's been post-lab with the the post-production community during the pandemic. And that's just continued to steadily ramp up. The demand has increased. And now here we are talking about post-lab. And before we get into too much of that, I'm just really curious. I always want to talk to my techie friends about what really got them started. How old were you when you decided you wanted to go into this kind of a field? What did you like to do when you were a kid? Oh, man. Um, yeah, that's a, that's kind of a, you know, a muesli melange of, of events. But yeah, I'd say I had inclinations toward technology when I was uh, really young. I was that kid that got pulled out of class to help troubleshoot the Commodore 64 and load uh, lemonade stand, you know, load comma eight comma four. And then after that, I, I remember in seventh grade, I uh, leading it in the seventh grade, I did this uh, Apple IIc graphics programming class and made uh, Snoopy mapped out of big giant pixels, blocks. So H line, B line. Yeah, that was pretty fun. That was the seventh grade? Yeah, that was going. To, that was from sixth going to seventh grade, so it was like a pre seventh grade summer thing. So, what did your parents and what did the teachers say about that? I mean, what kind of reaction did you get? Well, you know, it was all unexplored country. I think that you know the, there was enthusiasm in the education sector, excuse me, with Apple products, and that was evident in the school that I attended, uh, at least in middle school. But then, you know, Windows and specifically Windows ninety five came in the mid nineties, and I had uh, friends and roommates who got their own PC, and then I started playing with HTML. I was working with a bank at the time, and of course, because I had some inkling and I guess some aptitude for tech, I occasionally got called on to, to troubleshoot things. I met a young lady named Liz, 
and we uh, decided that we were going to be husband and wife. So moved up, moved up her way about an hour north from where I was, from Northwest Illinois to Northeast Iowa. And I said, you know, what would be really cool is a job with computers. And I thought I'd probably get another job at the bank, but sure enough, I got another job. I got the job, my first job as a paid professional in information technology. It was as a QA guy for telemarketing apps. So it was really cool to be able to break software and then tell the developers about it. Sometimes they grumble. Sometimes they hug me. And uh, yeah, just learned a lot of fundamentals. And then that led to, that was probably the late 90s, 97. So that was the World Wide Web and the Wild West associated with that. I happened to be in the room with the director of MIS and the lead systems administrator, and I told them about my interest in the web and my tinkering I was doing with HTML, and they both looked at each other, looked at me, and said, want to be our webmaster? And now the rest is history. Isn't it nice to be almost on the forefront of things? Because that was right around the time that it was sort of starting to become really cool to be in IT mm-hmm. and to be in tech. Yeah. Because when we were all in elementary school, if you had any kind of aptitude for that, I mean, I think kids made fun of us in a way. Sure. Some of us anyway. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, I no, I'd agree. I mean, I had a foot in for a time and then I'd say I had more time out of the pool than in the pool as a kid. My parents even I remember they bought a secondhand Tandy PC because it was DOS and because it was command line. I mean, all I knew were the commands that I'd keep typing in when I went to Sears to play with them those times. D-I-R. <laughs> C- CD, CD folder <laughs> name. I didn't really get too far on that Tandy. Uh, it wasn't really until I got that job at the bank that then led to roommates with computers that things really took off. Okay, so you're moving along. You're getting all these great jobs. When did the idea for PostLab come about? What precipitated that? Well, I'd love to say that I had some sort of firsthand uh, part in it, but that credit goes to Jasper Seekers. So Jasper worked for a broadcaster in the Netherlands. And at the time, that broadcaster, Jasper, uh, that broadcaster was Final Cut Pro centric. And he was trying to solve the problem of, well, how can we all work together better in Final Cut Pro? And with that, that that was the genesis of PostLab. And people still spell PostLab with a capital P and a capital L because of that. With PostLab, I said, there it is. This is the beginning. I believe that went along for about three years. So it turns out that Jasper's then boss migrated from Final Cut Pro to another platform. And then the makers of Hedge, the file transfer media offloading app, they looked at PostLab and said, that looks like a good fit for us too. To you know, that would add value to our company. Late 2019, they brought Jasper on board, and then uh, Felix Van Van Gogh, he is product owner, and now they they have me and Paul, of course. And there's all these little things that are happening in the background with the rest of the team too to make PostLab a success. You guys are really sitting in a great place at the perfect time. So for people listening who don't know what PostLab is, can you explain it to them? Yes. So PostLab gives you native project collaboration with shared storage. Right now, it supports Final Cut Pro and Premiere Pro. And very soon, uh, we'll be releasing support for Avid Media Composer uh, using Avid Remote Locking. So for our Final Cut Pro audience, what that means for you is no more passing XMLs back and forth, no more Dropbox. What you get is a way for you to take your libraries, bring them into one place that's called the production. This is where all your work lives. 
Then you add those libraries to your production, and then PostLab tracks operations that are made on them. So let's say you open that library, uh, that's uh, an activity that's logged. When you upload your work to PostLab, making that available to someone else, or ending your current edit session for your next edit if you're a solo producer, this now becomes an accumulative, almost like a time machine-like mechanic. So if you had to, if version three, something went wrong there, but version two is good, you could use the revert to function and make V2 the new top of the heap, the new library that you work from. The other half of it is PostLab Drive. And Drive is shared storage in the cloud. And if that's even too buzzwordy, just think of that super fast drive that's in your computer on your desk. Picture that, but out there on the cloud. And the difference between Drive and other cloud storage providers is with those other ones, you need the entire file to sync to your local computer to do anything meaningful. But with PostLab Drive, only the bits and blocks of media that are required to achieve playback are streamed to your local computer and cached to a folder on a super fast local disk. So when you hit spacebar, boom, PostLab makes that decision to grab those bits and blocks, playback from there. Then other things are happening in the background to the help PostLab make those decisions on playback. So you just said super fast local drive. Can you explain that a little bit more? How fast is super fast? Yeah, so typically when PostLab is installed, default locations are your home folder. And in there, there's a PostLab folder that's created. And in that folder, if you decide not to change those preferences, in that folder is the first of three caches that are made by PostLab. Uh, that's where your production is cached. And again, a production, that's the beginning of the, the Russian nesting doll. So this is where your Final Cut Pro libraries live and are managed and that activity is tracked. All of that goes inside this .postlab bundle that is cached for later use. And then what happens is when you upload your work to PostLab Cloud, the server, it doesn't re-upload the entire library. It only uploads the changes between what's local compared to what's available on PostLab Cloud, the server. I really want to understand this. I come back from a shoot. I take mm -hmm. my cards. I ingest. I make all my copies. And I'm sitting there and I've got all of this stuff. I'm going to work on adding the metadata and keywording and, you know, using my favorite Lumberjack Builder and all that stuff. So things are all organized. I've got them in the system. I'm ready to either call on Final Cut or Premiere. I don't use Avid anymore at the moment, so it's mostly Final Cut Premiere. Now, what do I do with the footage, the actual footage physically? Do I have to send that through the pipeline to your server, or does it live on my server where it's accessed by my remote editors? Okay, so in a typical team situation, likely someone would decide, post-production supervisor or whoever says, I'm the boss, decides, uh, we're going to likely do a proxy workflow. So you would take that footage and after the shoot, generate proxies for your project, uh, generically speaking, a project. Then take those proxies, put them up on PostLab Drive. And then for Final Cut Pro in particular, you would set those storage locations for your library upon the initial launch. And those four storage locations being media, motion content, cache and Final Cut backups. That media folder is where you decide, okay, I'm going to say to my library, point to this folder. And then with Final Cut Pro, specifically with 10.4.9 and beyond, Final Cut creates two folders inside of that location that you specified under storage locations media. 
uh, Final Cut Proxy Media and Final Cut Original Media. And if you say import and leave files in place, which you will likely do, then those are just aliases that are generated within those folders. The proxies are likely going to live, though, on post-lab drive. The original media, though, whoever's doing the color, the finishing work, those files would live on that finisher's workstation on a local drive. And then when it's ready for that stage, then your finisher can flip from proximo to original media and get to work. That's very cool. Now, I use Hedge all the time. So when I come back from a shoot, I use Hedge. I fell immediately in love with how simple it is, and the price was good, and it was fast, and it was reliable. So I actually use it to make my multiple copies all at the same time when I come back from a shoot. Now, I haven't tried this, obviously, because I don't have PostLab working yet, but I intend to in the very near future. When I output to my various drives on Hedge, I'm assuming that it links to PostLab very easily, and I can just say, send this to the PostLab drive or not. Yes, there is native drive integration with Hedge. You could plug that in and set it off if you chose to do that with the camera source. But likely you're going to be making proxies or even what's called like a mezzanine codec. It's not full-blown area raw. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Because it's going to be too big, I would go into Final Cut and then generate the proxies from there and send those out. Particularly with 10.4.9, Final Cut has really made that proxy generation just lovely. I mean, you just select all those files and you say either ProRes or H.264, and then choose that frame rate percentage to reduce it by, and it's easy peasy. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I love the new proxy workflow. It's pretty awesome. You know, a lot of our audience, we do have people who are very sophisticated editors and post-production, people who work in post-production, and then we have people like me who are tech-oriented writer, director, producer types who can flip the switch on and edit in Final Cut, but don't understand the intricacies of it the way somebody like you would, who works in IT all the time in developing. So I'm trying to answer questions here for both sides of that audience. Okay, so if you would say who needs this, what would you say? I'd say anyone, really. Even as a soloist, <laughs> even as a soloist, post-lab is useful because even a team of one is still a team. And if someone said, well, why would I do that when there's Final Cut backups? Well, if you do decide that you're going to work from another workstation, hopefully, you know, the circumstances change here or for some reason your computer fails, well, those libraries are up there now in post-lab cloud. And you can decide, oh, I can just pick up the work from another workstation. Well, I mean, even if I move from my Mac Pro here in the studio and I want to take my laptop and go away for a weekend and still work, then I can do that. There you go. Exactly. We can't be locked down in these walls all the time. No, <laughs> Got to get out yeah. once in a while. Yeah, if you can take that MacBook out safely and be somewhere else, then PostLab, even with a solo plan, will facilitate that. Well, here's another example. I've been working on this film about my wounded Marine, Keontae Story, and I'm getting ready now in the next, within a week, we're going to be meeting somewhere so we can sort of safely collaborate so I can show him footage 
and have him identify some of these people that were on the top of Kilimanjaro because I wasn't there. So I don't know who these people are. So he's going to have to identify those and we're going to sit and we're going to look at the footage together. Post lab, if I'm understanding, I would still have to sit with him and share the footage in front of us on a monitor because post lab only allows one person to access it at a time. So I couldn't actually have him access it at the same time I'm accessing it so we can look at the same footage, much as you would with something like Film.io, uh, for example, right? Well, it's possible. The, I guess the question is, is the person that you're showing it to, do they need another post-lab seat and or do they know how to use the NLE of choice, in this case, Final Cut Pro? So they could uh, be added to your team and then with your library open, they could also open a copy locally. It won't be a synchronized viewing, but that is possible given that you have the library open and he has a local copy peeled off, if you will, from the server to view along with you. I'm thinking the most appropriate thing would be on another project where I have an editor in Germany who's working. Ah, there you go. So there's an editor sitting in Berlin that's working on this other like super secret project. And I'm assuming that this is secure. Absolutely. The footage is secure. Absolutely. How do we know that? PostLab Drive is a partnership between LucidLink and Hedge. And with that foundation of LucidLink's tech, the best way it was described to me was by Rich Wortham, I believe, with LucidLink. He says, none of us have the key. You're the only one with the key. And if you lose your key, then you're in trouble. (laughs) You're locked out of your house forever. Oh, my gosh. That's a real simplified way of looking at it. And then there, of course, are nuanced layers that if somebody was very, very concerned, like if you were working on the next Tron 3 or, or you know, if, it, if they decide to make another Avengers Endgame do or whatever, then there could be as much or as little security as you want. But by default, yes, your content is on lockdown. Okay. Well, that's cool, though, because yeah. it's secure. And I can trust that the only people that are going to look at it are the ones that are on my team for that particular project, correct? Correct. How many seats do you get with PostLab? Right now, sky's the limit. So with a pro plan, it's up to 20 users. And with that, you get to track 250 libraries and included is 100 gigabytes of drive storage with that. Now, if you decide, well, I need more drive storage, then you can always add on a terabyte of drive storage for $30 a month, two terabytes for $60 a month, $3, three terabytes for 90 et cetera. The team plan, though, starts with two users, and it takes you up to 2,000 users. You can track up to 2,500 libraries. You get a terabyte of drive storage included. And then there's all these other extras that could play into how your plan is priced. Blind discounts, for example. Do you have prices on your website so people can go and explore and look at the different aspects of what they would get with the different levels? Or do they contact you? Where do they go to find out? Yeah, just head to hedge.video. So instead of a .com, it's a .video. H-E-D-G-E dot video slash postlap or hedge.video slash drive. And those, of course, if you were to go to hedge.video, those are available in the global navigation menu too. Postlab and Drive. I used for many, many years using OWC drives, and those things are screamers. The ones that I'm using are really fast, so I'm assuming that I'm not going to have any problem with my local versions of this, you know, working locally. Now I'm thinking about, you mentioned versions. 
you lock your project and you say to your editor, okay, this is what I want. The editor goes in, he opens it up, he starts cutting, he makes changes to whichever event he's working in. And for example, in Final Cut with the event, Isaac interview V1. There you go. (laughs) Right. Now, when he or she is done, it gets locked again. I open it up on my end and I take a look at what they've done. And like you said, I could go back to a previous version or in terms of a good workflow, if they're going to be making a lot of changes, would it be better for me to make a snapshot of the event I'm working on and have them start with version two? Here's a recommended workflow. Create a primary library that functions as your central source of truth. So, you know, you've done all the primary media imports in your metadata, applied, favorite rejects, etc. Then when it's time to hand it off to somebody, make secondary libraries, and then you can drag subsets from this primary library to the secondary library, and then make that available to somebody through the tasks function in production. So tasks is kind of like a lightweight chat with a to-do component. So you'd add a task. And if I was your editor, you'd say, do color correction. You'd be able to select from your team members and assign that to me. You'd add an initial description. Hey, Isaac, I need you to do all the color correction. Things are, everything's looking a little bit green. Then after that, you could even do a little bit of back and forth in the chat to talk about the item. And then when it's done, you hit the complete task button and you're keep the flowing. I'm thinking back to years ago when I was in charge of the post-production on the MI3 special edition DVDs. We had a huge team. We were doing all these special stories and, you know, had an overnight editor that came in and didn't follow protocol and overwrote the original media, you know, on the portion that he was working on. Now, luckily, I'm sort of maniacal when it comes to protecting myself that way, but we had to import everything over again. And I'm thinking about post-lab and I'm thinking that would never happen. You know, another thing that happened was I had somebody doing color for me very quickly because I was flying to Boston to make a presentation and this was just a short trailer and I handed it to him and he worked overnight. And when I got on the plane, arrived in Boston, opened up my project, my library, and all of the original footage had been overwritten with color that was really bad. So I'm thinking that with PostLab, if I was working on PostLab, I could go back to an early version of the project and recall all of that, right? That's exactly right. Kind of like Time Machine. The PostLab doesn't do any modification of your media. So all of that work is done in the confines of your, of your alley in terms of you know audio adjustments and color and things like that. So for those of you listening, the reason I'm using these particular examples is because I'm really trying to give you a visual reference for what could happen or what will happen in your particular workflow. And I'm, I'm using these specific things so that you can kind of have a visual of it because radio is tough, right? It's like I can't sit here and show you what happens. So we have to describe it. But Isaac, I have to tell you, this is really exciting because, you know, we all know and love Hedge. We use it all the time. Now, especially with the lockdowns, we're working remote. I mean, I have an assistant editor that was coming in and working with me now who is working from his home. So I think it's just going to save a lot of what we say in the Italian-American community, agita. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Hey, with the name like Catania, right? (laughs) Is this expensive? 
Are you allowed to talk about money? We're really transparent about pricing, and the team works really hard and has worked really hard to make it straightforward. So on a solo plan, so you're only, of course, inherently, you're one person. That's $9 a month for a per plan, up to 20 users, but uh, you know you can start with one, $15 a month. And once again, that's with 100 gigabytes of shared storage in the cloud, post live drive included. And then with the team, it's $25 per month per user, and it starts with two users. And of course, you get a, a terabyte of drive with that. And the post live drive, one terabyte for $30 a month. And that's cloud storage that's tuned specifically for, for hot storage in post-production. It's not your typical cloud storage. It's made to perform in the clutch. This is even better than I thought. You must be so proud of it. It's not about anybody opportunizing on the circumstance. It just happened. You know, there's the product market fit and the timing was right. And as we march on through this whole thing, the team is wholeheartedly dedicated to making this the best experience it can be for everyone. And when someone calls us, like even, you know, this conversation right now, Serena, I had this conversation with a lot of people. Well, what do I do? And that's what we do. It's like, okay, we'll walk you through it. And, you know, with the audience that we have, it's always a point where they go, oh, okay, I got it, I got it. <laughs> and they spread their wings and, and fly. So, yeah, we're really, really excited about the future. And uh, we're excited to see how Post Labs used it to, to make, make good things. Oh, I think it's going to be awesome. So if people go to hedge.video, they're going to see the pricing. I'm assuming, are there some case studies up there or some a manual or videos that show you how to use it? So for the videos, we have a YouTube channel, and you can reach that right now. The easiest way is hedge.video slash YouTube. That shoots you right to the channel that we have all of our videos on. Future Media Concepts under the Future Media Conferences umbrella, they graciously let us publish those two sessions from the summit on PostLab. And if you were in attendance uh, at this year's summit, that was get started with PostLab in 10 minutes and supercharging the proxy workflow with PostLab and Drive. Watch those videos and you'll get a pretty good grasp on how PostLab works specifically with Final Cut Pro. But in principle, it carries over with Premiere Pro and then eventually Avid Media Composer. Looking into the future, I'm going to have to talk to you in a year or two and see. I think you're going to be a very happy man. I'm sure you are already. We all work really hard to develop solutions that help other people. Everyone that I know that works in tech, and this is one of the reasons why I like doing this show, because some of the people who are in the background creating all the solutions that allow us to be creative and to get our voice out into the world, they're not celebrated enough. And it gives me great joy to bring somebody like you on and ask you questions. And hopefully people listening will have learned something. And hopefully they'll check it out and they'll have something that's going to help make their life a lot easier. I think we have a great community. I really do. Yes, I would agree. It's kind of cool, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. This is actually a perfect moment to thank OWC, Otherworld Computing, and Larry O'Connor and Jen Soule and all of the team in marketing for sponsoring OWC Radio. It's because of them that I can talk to people like you and help all those people out there in the world that need better solutions. So I'm officially saying thank you to OWC. Do you want to go in the hood a little bit more for the real geeks that are out there? Let me uh, talk about a couple things. So here's some tips that are going to help you 
whether it's PostLab or just in general leveling up your experience while you're in lockdown, connect over Ethernet. So after you're done listening to this podcast, if you see those waveforms in your toolbar for airport, that's fine. You can keep them both on, but connect over Ethernet and then make sure that the set service order and system preferences under networking uh, favors your Ethernet connection first. Uh, with that, particularly with PostLab, latency is more important than bandwidth or throughput. So an Ethernet cable will completely eliminate that as a possible bottleneck to your post-production workflow. Another one would be uh, just remember that those caches, uh, a lot of folks make that initial mistake of putting a cache out on a cloud storage drive or on a slow drive, but pick a super fast local drive for those three caches, your productions, your host lab drive cache, and your host NLEs cache, and it'll be a buttery experience. A couple things that probably that are worth mentioning that you can see videos on coming soon, particularly for uh, the Final Cut Pro teams out there, is this concept of resource syncing. So if you've ever had to share things like motion templates or effects presets or LUTs, that's a bit of a manual and frankly a painful experience. Yeah, translating those is sometimes difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To say the least. Yes. So in the near future, Post Lab will have this folded in where you'll be able to say these motion templates, fax presets, uh, LUTs and even fonts that you'll be able to see what's used and make them available to other parts of your team without the hassle. That's great. That comes with not having to pass XMLs back and forth. There you go. Exactly. And then I'd say the final geek bit I'll share with you that is available now is Merge. So it was known as Merge X as a standalone app, but now Merge is part of PostLab and it's a workflow extension inside of Final Cut Pro. And with that, going back to that example that you had earlier, Serena, with your editor in Berlin, you could work then in two projects at the same time. And this is how. Even in a moment when they're in progress, if they were to upload their library, you could open the primary library and their secondary library at the same time, and then use Merge to marry that metadata from the secondary libraries into your primary. So if they've added keywords or they've added favorites and, and, and rejects or ratings or roles, you could say set the priority to transfer from the secondary library to the primary library. You get prompted for what those libraries are respectively. And then you could even say, if you want to, you know, a belt and suspenders approach to it, you can say, make a brand new event. It'll say, or a project that in parentheses says merged. And then you'll be able to see what the results of that merged transaction is. I am loving that. Because if you're delivering something, for example, to the network, you can't halt work on everything else while you send something out for color or for titling or for music composition. So you've got different teams working on that footage at the same time. There you go. Yeah. So that's perfect. I'm really glad we had this talk. Isaac, thank you. You've done something for all of us who are sleeping away in our little studios in our homes on lockdown. <laughs> it's great. You've created a tech community that's going to make us more able to deliver things to our clients on time and looking great and sounding great. Anything else I didn't ask you that you want to cover? I don't think so, other than to say uh, that I'm just a tiny part of a team that is doing and is, has done great things for years. So if you think of ones that uh, are to be celebrated, and I know you'll be speaking to one of them soon, Paul, like Jasper, like Felix, I just happen to uh, get to hang out with them and breathe the same air as they do occasionally on, on our chats. But uh, they're doing the real work. I just get to 
talk to great people and hopefully connect some puzzle pieces for them. Well, okay. Tell people again, where do they go if they want more information about you and about PostLab? All right. So if you want more information about PostLab, uh, PostLab is a hedge product. So made by hedge, head to hedge.video. And if you don't want to navigate through the, the system, the navigation system, you can go to hedge.video slash PostLab, P-O-S-T-L-A-B, or hedge.video slash drive. And uh, both of those function as living brochures along with uh, pricing and buying options. And uh, you can perform all of those purchases in the PostLab app. So download PostLab. There's a big green button at the top. And uh, you can sign up for a 15-day trial for pro and, and team plans. But if you only wanted to use Drive, it's also possible to get a Drive-only plan at uh, one terabyte at $30 a month. Uh, so uh, head to those websites. Uh, if you want to speak directly to me, and please, I invite you to do that, you can book uh, an appointment directly with me at my Calendly. So Calendly.com slash Isaac T dash Cal. So I-S-A-A-C-T as in tango dash C-A-L. And perhaps uh, Serena and company will, will post that in the show notes. And I'm on Twitter at Isaac T dot co, C-O. And of course, our uh, one last one on Twitter at postlab underscore app underscore app. And if you guys are resourceful, you're going to be able to find it at any one of those places. And I urge you to do this. If you work in post-production or even in production, you need to know about this. You need to be aware of it. And I know I'm going to be giving it a try. I'll let you guys out there know how well I do with it. And Isaac, thank you so much for spending the time today. This has really been fun. And uh, I look forward to speaking with you again very, very soon. And everybody out there, remember what I always tell you. Get up off your chairs and go do something wonderful today. This is Serena Catania. I'm signing off.